and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. He has been mischaracterized probably more than any other figure in history. That, of course, would be our Lord Jesus Christ. There are many who saw him just as a great teacher, others as possibly a great prophet, a wise man, a person that was a man of great love, that was soft and caring and compassionate. And all of that is absolutely true. Even among the uh, professed followers of Christ, there is some confusion about Jesus and who He really is. Well, He is so much more, I think, than what we see. Who is this real Jesus? I think if we would take a look at some of the things that He said, and there's no way I could cover it all in this one little podcast, but if we would take a look at some of the things he, would say, he has said, we'll get a better view of who Jesus really is. Some of his sayings were extremely hard, unacceptable to those around him at the time. They rejected uh, what he said, and we've got to understand that to, to get a fuller picture of who he is. And so I want to share five of those things today uh, briefly on this podcast. The first one is this. Here's what he said. He said, I am God. I am God the Son. That one nearly got him killed ahead of time. But of course, in God's sovereignty, that wasn't going to happen. In John chapter 5, verses 17 to 23, we read this. Jesus is interacting with the religious leaders, and he, he answered them, My Father is working until now, and I myself am working. Now listen to this. For this reason, therefore, the Jews sought to all the more to kill him, because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Jesus knew what he was saying when he said that. But furthermore, the scriptures say in verse 19, Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. That's very important. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that He Himself is doing, and the Father will show Him greater works than these, so that you will marvel. See, uh, what Jesus was saying there is God the Father was showing Him all things. Now, I want to tell you, God the Father uh, has not shown me all things and no other human being all things. God is infinite. There's no way. It is impossible for a finite being to know all things. For the Father to show us all things, we would need to be infinite. And so the Lord Jesus Christ there, again, in another way, is claiming deity. And those Jewish leaders, they, they understood that. They knew that. And they hated that. And they wanted to kill him for making himself equal with God. Well, in John chapter 8, a little bit later on, in verse 56, here's what he said. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Now this was uh, uh, hundreds, maybe thousands of years before. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born... I am. 
Wow, that was a loaded, loaded statement. Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple because it was not yet time for him to die. There again, he is very clearly making himself equal with God. And when he used those words, two words translated in English, I am. Remember back in the uh, burning bush with Moses, God revealed himself there as the great I am. And Jesus here uh, recorded in the Gospel of John, 23 times he uses that statement. Uh, seven different metaphors. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. And so on and so forth. Uh, Jesus liberally used that phrase about himself. And so he was saying again, I am God the Son. And there are those cults that exist today. There are those heresies that go around today that says Jesus is less than God. Maybe He is a God, or maybe He became God, or or maybe, again, He was just a great man. There, there are a lot of, of heresies out there today, false teaching, but that's not what Jesus said. If, you go, if you're going to accept Jesus as a good man, as a truthful man, as a great teacher, as a great prophet, you're going to have to accept Him for what He said He was. He is God of very God, God the Son, not just the Son of God, but He is God the Son, the second person of the triune Godhead. But then there's a second thing that Jesus said. He said, and this one's tough, and this one is one that's rejected in in some cases even among so-called evangelicals. Here is what he said. There is a literal, eternal place of punishment for unbelievers. Jesus said that over and over. It's been said that he spoke more of what we call hell than, uh, than he did of heaven. In his ministry, it's recorded in the scriptures. Uh, more times he mentioned it, and even as I've been studying and prepping uh, for this particular podcast, it, it uh, was obvious to me again how much Jesus made references to this place of eternal punishment. Uh, I don't have all of those references. I, I don't have time today to give them. But in Matthew chapter seven, uh, verse thirteen, uh, Jesus said this. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few that find it. Wow. Jesus said there are many, many people that are headed to destruction. And, and uh, you have to put that word in context. He's not talking about annihilation, but he's talking about the destruction of a life in eternal punishment. And uh, when you put that statement in context of many others that he made, for example, in Matthew chapter 18, verses 8 and 9, here's what Jesus said. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. It's better for you to enter life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be cast into eternal fire. Verse 9 says, if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out and throw it from you. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and to be cast into fiery hell. And that's just one example of, of, of several where Jesus made reference to eternal fire, to fiery hell. Uh, so so he, he believed it. He knew it to be true. He believed in a place, a literal place, a literal place, 
where there would be eternal punishment, retribution for a life of sin because they failed to believe in the only way out, the only one that paid the price, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31, is that well-known story of the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, some say it's a parable. It doesn't matter whether it's a parable or it is It is absolutely a historical event. Um, I happen to believe it's a historical event. Uh, but either way, it doesn't diminish what Jesus said there, that the rich man died and in hell he lifted up his eyes and he was in torment. Uh, Again, when you put that in the context of all the other statements of Jesus, it's obvious that Jesus truly believed in a literal place of eternal separation from God, eternal punishment, unending punishment. Uh, Why uh, would I say that? Why would Jesus say that? The reason Jesus said that is because uh, He wanted to warn people. He wanted people to understand that they needed to believe in Him and His finished work to, to not be in that place of eternal punishment. And so Jesus said that. That's a hard saying. A lot of people reject that. But I want to tell you, if you reject hell, you've got to reject heaven too because uh, Jesus talked about both of them. You can't just pick and choose. This is not a buffet line. Jesus serves up the truth and we've got to take the entire meal, the entire truth together. Here's a third saying that Jesus said that is controversial and rejected today. And it is this, I am the only way to God. Jesus spoke of exclusivity. He is the exclusive and only way. There are not many ways to God. There's one way to God. Jesus said it in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. How can you be more clear than that? If you accept Jesus to be a good man, to be an honest man, a truthful man, you've got to accept everything that He said. If you reject any of it, then he's not a good man. He's not truthful. He doesn't have integrity. Either he does or he doesn't, and he certainly does. He is the only way to God. And Jesus claimed that, and he claimed that uh, very, very clearly there. Well, there's a, there's a fourth saying that Jesus uh, said that, that helps us to understand better who he is. He said this, If you follow me, There is self-denial and loss involved. Jesus didn't uh, paint a rosy picture, you know, come to me and everything will be great and you'll just kind of skate your way on into eternity and, and all will be roses along the way. But rather, Jesus said other things. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 to 39, and I, I want you to hear the right directly from Jesus himself. Matthew 10, 32. Two. Let me find it here. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I am come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be members of his own household. Jesus said... Some of you are going to believe in me and it's going to separate you from your family. 
He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He's not saying don't love your father or mother, but if you love them more than him and you choose them over him, you're not worthy. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross. We see the cross in a positive light, but I want to tell you it was an instrument. It was like the electric chair. He says, if you're not willing to risk your own life and follow after me, you're not worthy of me. So Jesus was very, very clear about that. Following Jesus involves self-denial. It involves willingness to experience loss in this life and even potentially loss of our life. You know, I don't want to be a fair-weather follower of Jesus. I don't want to be a fair-weather Christian. And I certainly don't want to be a closet Christian, a secret agent Christian. Jesus said, don't deny me before men. Come out and be willing to share in my sufferings and be willing to pay the price of following the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, of course, our salvation, we don't pay the price for that. He already paid it. But once we become followers of Christ, we've got to be willing to deny ourselves. Jesus said that. And this is the God of love. This is the Jesus who is compassionate and loving. What a great, wonderful Savior we have. Now, the fifth one, quickly. I love this one. It comes right out of Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. And in in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, he said, Come to me, all you that are labor and that are heavy laden, that are burdened down and I will give you rest. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Jesus wants us to know that He loves us and that He uh, will accept us if we will come to Him and believe in Him and trust in Him. He's looking for those that are willing to turn from their sin, to turn from their own ways, to turn from their self-righteousness, to turn from any other possible way and to follow Him and Him alone. And believe that His death on the cross paid for their sins. And that if they will just believe in Him and trust Him, He'll forgive all their sins. He'll give them rest for their souls. Eternal rest for their souls. And an eternal relationship with Him. Come unto me, all you who are labor. I have come to seek and to save those who are lost. I love that saying as well. Don't you? Well, I hope this has given you a little bit more insight into the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.